What's up, Bantermites? Today is a special day. We're back to you with banter view number five. One, two, three, four, five. We've got uh, an interview today with a very special guest, someone that Wes and I are very familiar with. Um, he he might be somewhat of a goofy character uh, to to many of you, and his name is Jason Marsden. That's right, Marsden. we landed Max Goof on the pod. So. Uh, buckle up. We ask him questions about his career. We ask him if uh, what he thinks about, you know, if ice cream uh, can be stirred up into a milkshake. You know, nothing is off limits and it's going to be a treat. He'll be with us on the other side of the intro. All right. What's up, everybody? We have a treat of an interview for you guys today, and it is a voice actor who has played some notable roles, most notably Max Goof from the Goofy movies, Haku in the dub of Spirited Away, Thackeray Binks in Hocus Pocus, which is a very thematic one um, for this time of year. We've got uh, he's done Tino from The Weekenders and so, so many more uh interviewing with us today is jason marsden how you doing jason i'm doing great thank you for having me <laughs> we're super excited i know wes and i have always always talking about goofy movie on this uh always. podcast i've even got uh a max goof coaster what that i'm using right now Look at that. Uh, to go along with my power line shirt so Dang. fanboying a little bit you but, can put some cheese on that <laughs> uh wes uh you've put together some quick fire questions to just get to know jason a little bit yes sir yes sir bring it all right now just just so you know uh one of these is very important and it's the only one perry and i will actually judge you on and i hope you know which one it is when we get there you probably won't <laughs> but just know it's it's crucial it's crucial so first right. one one of these questions is crucial. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. You'll, you'll know. You'll know. Okay. Crucial. The answer correctly. Correctly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there is the correct answer. We'll elaborate All right. later. All right. First one's easy. Favorite TV show growing up? Oh man, I really like Family Ties. Mm. Uh, I like so much. It's hard to. I, I always have a hard time with these favorite things. I like Family Ties. I like Ducktales. I like Quantum. Mm. Uh, G.I. Joe Transformers. Yeah. Ooh, Transformers is solid. Very nice. I, I love, love it. it. DuckTales is a classic. They've got that reboot going on right now. That's Oh, yeah. Hadn't heard. Wait, you are definitely involved in that in some degree, <laughs> I know. So. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, Jason, if you didn't know, you've been a voice actor for quite a many characters. <laughs> so if you had to do the voice of just one character for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh man, one character for the rest of my life. It would probably be Max because yes. he's uh, he's the most fun. He's uh, he's the son of a, of a of one of the most like classic trifecta of Disney stars. So I probably have work for the rest of my life. There's True. that, and uh, and yeah, I'm a big Disney fan as well. So oh, good. That's that's a, that's a great one. That's a great one. I'm glad you um, picked Max. Yeah, I am too. We was that the crucial question? Did I get that one right? No, no, it wasn't. Uh -oh. but, <laughs> but it made us happy. <laughs> all right um who have you met along your journey that has starstruck you oh my gosh everybody i mean i'm i'm one of those guys that 
even though I've been in this business for so long, I still cannot separate the human from their character. Like I did a movie with Jeff Bridges and I just asked him stupid stuff like, hey, would you ever play Batman if they offered you? Um, he said yes, by the way. That'd be interesting if Jeff Bridges back. <laughs> that would be crazy. I, had, I guess the, the biggest starstruck moment was uh, I met Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. wow. What That's was that like? I was, doing a, I was doing a show called The Munsters, and he was next door doing an L.A. gear commercial, and I had done an L.A. gear commercial. Um, and uh, so I knew the crew. I'd seen them in passing. And like, yeah, you should come over. We're doing a... a, a, a I like your commercial with uh, Michael Jackson. Come on over and say hi. Like, are you serious? So I went over and um, I'm in my Eddie Munster makeup, the ears and the widow's peak and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I, you're not shy to tabloids back in the day. <clears throat> so I had a certain expectation when I would go, when I was going to walk into the soundstage to see Michael Jackson. I expected a feeble little man sitting in a chair with a, a mask on. And, you know, kind of shy. Instead, I walked in and I saw a vibrant, normal dude who was dancing and talking to people and giving direction. And then he saw me and he was extremely present with me. And he's like, oh, man, do you like wearing the makeup? And it just it floored me how different how, how different he was than I expected. And I just couldn't form a sentence. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. I That's love crazy. that. Yeah. All right. Think carefully. Okay. Do you need to use milk to make a milkshake? Uh, do I need milk to make a milkshake? The <laughs> 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 devices to help you lose weight. You put those around a cow and you shake it, and then that makes a milkshake. I don't know. I'm, I'm being stupid. I, do, <laughs> I use uh, almond milk. I don't know. Is this okay. the question? That's fine. So you would still use a liquid milk type product. Sure. I mean, like if it, it gets soft enough. Um, yeah. I mean, we've all, we've all like, like wait, waited till the ice cream gets to the, the, that little pool at the bottom and like drank the bowl. So that's kind of like you're drinking a milkshake. You know, I'm, we'll, get, I'm, we'll I'm, give it, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Point we'll Jacob you, Riggs, a friend of ours. All right. Uh, moving on West to more <laughs> relatable questions. Yeah. Yeah. One more. Uh, what career would you be in if you weren't in entertainment? Oh man, I've always fantasized about being an animator. I mean, that's kind of like an entertainment, isn't it? Is that? Oh, is, is I that mean, happen? it's different than what you're doing now. So that's yeah. yeah, yeah. Or I could clean houses. I'm really good at folding clothes and. Cleaning. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. But I can't imagine anything I would want to do would be in 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 entertainment. I think I I thought about managing uh, bands. Uh, definitely thought about being an animator. I'd be in be in the entertainment industry somehow. And you yeah. live you live right down the street from Tom Bancroft, correct? We actually got a chance to, to chat with yeah. Tom this spring or winter, I guess, this past winter. And right on. And he was like, "Hey, you, Jason lives right down the road. He just I don't I don't know if you just moved in at that point. He said he said that that we needed to reach out to you. So we we're like, wait a second. You mean Max Goof? Absolutely. <laughs> Isn't it a small planet? I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah. I, I I've known Tom for years because uh, I like I said I want to be an animator. Uh, wasn't my path, but I did befriend a lot of animators because I just find what they do is fascinating. They're they're pretty much actors themselves. They're just acting through a pen or a pencil. And uh, I met him at Disney Feature Animation when they were in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Nashville. And just by coincidence, I took my mom to the Frist, our our, our local uh, art museum. And in in the the uh, 
foyer area, there was this like art class going on being taught by Tom Bancroft. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is that you? And we've, <laughs> we've uh, he moved here. We've been friends ever since. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That is, that is a small world because Nashville, you wouldn't think really of as a, a hub for entertainment uh, folks. But I'm telling you, there's a vortex here. Yeah, there's more than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Barry, maybe we should move. I mean, <laughs> where are you guys? We, well, I used to live in Indiana, which is where Wes is now. I just moved to Florida recently, though. All right. What part of Florida? I'm in Orlando. So. Dig it. Dig it. Dig yep. it. I would be there this time of year going to Food and Wine Fest, but yeah. I don't trust anybody. <laughs> it's tough it's tough not you know i'm a bit i used to work at, at disney disney world and magic kingdom and it's it's a tough not being able to like just go and enjoy it and see it like it used to be but sure someday <laughs> we'll get back to it hopefully yeah they just uh announced like rules to open disneyland in california and disney's already pissed about it they're like mm. this is awful we can't deal with this it's in- irreparable damage that's going to be happening so i don't know we'll see yeah, it it definitely hurts when you keep seeing all the like people that keep getting fired and uh, a few people yeah. I know I know that get lost their their jobs because of these layoffs. But awful, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get back to uh, full full strength sometime next year. Indeed. But, uh, anyway, Jason, uh, congrats on Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm just mess- I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm just messing. Hey, ask me more milkshake questions. <laughs> no, I'm sure you get that a lot. Uh, but we would not we would not mix up Max Goof with whatever his name was in Sonic. I don't even remember what the uh, the character's name was that that James played. But relating to your career uh, in particular, you broke into acting very young, like twelve or. 13 or something on general hospital. Yeah, it was 11. Yeah. 11. Wow. What was the moment in, as you were like, you know, a child actor that you knew you wanted to make it a career that you knew that acting entertainment was for you? I think like this, when I took my first acting class in California, it was a place called Del Mar media arts. They're now doing, they switched to an online method. So if anyone's interested in, in that, they're fantastic in my unbiased opinion. Uh, Cause you know, I, I grew up watching TV. TV was kind of like my babysitter in a way. Uh, I grew up with my grandparents. And so I was always kind of like staying out in the back room watching Nickelodeon, early Nickelodeon and shows like, you can't do that on television. Do you guys ever hear that show? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. It's like, it was like Monty Python, but, but uh, it was done in Canada. Cause I'd watch the show. I'm like, Oh, do I have to say a boot in order to be an actor? It's like, oh, <laughs> I never even heard of Canada. It's like, oh, that's just how they talk. Uh, uh, I'd see those shows and I'm like, that sounds like fun. They're, they're just like little skits and, and playing different characters. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, when I took the acting classes and I started to get a feel for it, I really, really liked it. And then it just it was just a whirlwind after that. They sent me to an agent. Agent started saturating me on things. And I knew this is something I just didn't want to stop doing. Even that young. That's insane. I, yeah. I mean... I can't imagine feeling like I had found my career that young. That that must have been. It's not like I found a career. It's like, hey, you mean I don't have to go to school all day? I can go, <laughs> I can go to on the set. I can play pretend for a living. Like this is something I just want to keep doing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, I guess if someone had handed me a check and said, "Hey, you don't have to go to go to college or go to go to school for the rest of your life," uh, 
you can just act and have you know yeah. pretend like you said i might have been all over that uh but indiana <laughs> is not exactly a place where those opportunities uh exist <laughs> no, no. they tell you you can drive a tractor and not go to college That's true yeah right. driving a tractor yeah but in 1993, you voiced, I don't know if this was your first voice acting job, but your first one in a major, I don't want to call it like blockbuster film, but but cult classic in Hocus Pocus. Uh, you were Thackeray Binks, and Wes and I actually just watched that for the first time this past week. Did, did that feel like a, a breakout opportunity back then? Uh, that was actually not my first uh, voiceover role. The first voiceover role I booked was... Uh, Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears when I was 12. Oh, done, that's uh, right. With several, Katie Lee was on that show, right? And yeah, other... That's right. That's right. And uh, Corey Burton and Rusey, uh, uh, not Rusey Taylor, um, June Foray, uh, Paul Winchell. Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah. The legends. Lorenzo Music. I mean, he had total legends of, of cartoon of cartoon voiceover. And they recorded DuckTales like two doors down. So I was in heaven. But, uh, <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah you know uh when it when it came to hocus pocus that was just another you know i'd already been acting for several years it was just another one of those gigs that i i was fortunate to to book and i had no idea i don't think anyone had any idea that it would it would stay it, it would last as long as it it, it has that it is it is, as it is yeah absolutely it's it was a very entertaining film i can't believe i'd never watched it over halloween before uh i was curious though why did they decide not to use sean murray's voice uh when he got turned into the cat you know uh i i don't know exactly i know that he he was hired to do the voice and be the human and um when i came in they were already months into pre into post-production so they had finished principal photography and uh, they were already animated. That cat was like mostly animated, but he was using his own voice. And I don't know. I, I have. Um, I haven't talked to Sean in years, but I've, I'm reaching out because I keep getting this question a lot. I don't know if they asked him to try a English accent or not. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but somewhere along the journey of post production, there was a decision made that that we that they wanted Binks to sound more old world mm-hmm. instead of contemporary. And uh, they did a casting and I read for it and uh, I had no idea I was replacing anybody. Um, uh, but it was cheaper to just have me dub over Sean than to, you know, get a camera crew and lights and put me in the outfit and that, that sort of thing. Hmm. So I had to loop the cat and him as well. <laughs> oh. Okay. Gotcha. And had you, had you already been cast as Max at this time or was this shortly after? Cause I know it took a long time to, to get, uh, a goofy movie kind of like it was relatively long production period is what at least I've heard. So, yes, I think I'd, I was already recording max uh, for, I was already recording a goofy movie around that timeline and it had come out. Yeah. They were already uh, in the animation stage by the time Hocus Pocus had come out. And was it, was it still called the goof troop movie at that point? As, uh, as far as I was involved, uh, it was always a goofy movie. Okay. Gotcha. So what was it like when you got offered the role of Max alongside Bill Farmer, Jim Cummings, Rob Paulson? I mean, did you know Kevin Lima already prior to that? No, I'd never, I had only met Kevin uh, when I auditioned. Um, he, uh, we had, uh, 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 a, uh, we were both from Rhode Island. So we had that connection. Uh. Um, and I had, I had met 
Bill Farmer before. I had met him a few times. I knew Rob from from gigs. I knew Jim from gigs, um, and uh, it was a dream come true. Like I, you know, like I said earlier, I'm a Disney fan. Uh, to get to play Goofy's son, in a, <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty dope, and uh, not to mention, like the movie was interesting. It was different. It was. It was not. It was not Goof Troop. It was something uh, wholeheartedly a whole other ball game, and and it, it it felt good to be part of something like that. Yeah, absolutely. We got a chance to talk to Kevin in April, right, for the 25th anniversary. And one thing that he mentioned that he thinks, like, we asked him basically, did you ever think that the, a Goofy movie would, you know, have such a longevity, right? And because it's such a, a a favorite of so many us included so many years later 25 years later and he said one of the things that he attributes that uh to that is is the father son aspect uh is a, is a is a story that never goes stale you know that connection between a father and a son so uh you played a big role in that with your with your role as max and i don't know how you felt about <laughs> probably most of your lines were like i don't know back talking goofy <laughs> so. Yeah, Max was a bit of a dick to his dad. The, the, <laughs> I was sad about that, but that's what they—they they were really pushing that. Um, and uh, it's so funny because I—I I get so many people come up to me who say that you know they loved the Goofy movie when they were a kid. They watched it all the time, and they—they they totally identified with Max. But now they're older; they have their parents themselves, and like now I identify with Goofy. It's like, <laughs> like dude, the guy—the kid just wants to go to a concert, and then it's like, dude, the dad just wants to take in a fishing trip. It it does it it stays the the course and uh, it had it uh, it has also solidified relationships. I get people that say like, oh, the, I, this movie. I have such a tumultuous relationship with my father, but we bond over a goofy movie. It, it it's it was definitely one of those little lightnings in a bottle, you know. Yeah, I can definitely think of that scene where they're in the in the car messing with the tape. Yes, uh, and I'm just like that could to- that was totally relatable as a kid. Just like we can you never know, understand. Do if I talk to them like that, they would smack me. Oh, I mean, that, same. That was that was uh, that's what they, they don't do that anymore, kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can't get no corporal punishment anymore. But oh my god, when Max is like, "You ruined everything." My mom would have smacked me into the back seat. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that the possum park scene, and you're just like, Whew, that when that gets oh, a little man. heated, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, Beat it, yeah. <laughs> Hormones raging. That's that's all it was. <laughs> um, did you ever get to do recordings in the same room as Bill Farmer for a Goofy movie? Yes, thankfully, every time we we worked together the entire uh, uh, movie. Not so much for extremely Goofy movie. Extremely, I, I didn't work with him at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a Goofy movie, it was on and off for about two years. Uh, me and Billy, and then uh, uh, I got to work with Jimmy. And Rob and um, Ro- uh, uh, um, Pauly Shore, mm-hmm. Kelly Martin. I got to work with the, everybody. It was thankfully it was it was important to the production that that the actors work off of one another. I think that makes a difference. Yeah, I definitely you see a difference. Uh, I think in some of the older movies, with some of the new movies, are all recorded remotely. It seems like, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not all of them, but I I feel like I can tell a difference in the chemistry. And the way you guys can play off each other in, in some of the older movies, and especially a goofy movie uh, versus extremely goofy movie, which I, I also happened to just watch again recently, um, which is underrated, I'd say, but didn't kind of catch that lightning as as the first one did. 
Do you have a favorite favorite memory or favorite scene to that you remember recording for that movie? Um, my favorite <laughs> moment is uh is is it's always Bill's lines because I I just I, I thought his performance was fantastic. But when he goes, uh, uh, you know, it's not over yet because he he must have recorded that line thirty times. Oh, also. How many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon? <laughs> we must have spent 45 minutes on that. And it's not because Bill was doing anything wrong, but we were, we were experimenting. It's like, what's the best way to say this? So I was in there watching him figure this line out. <laughs> <laughs> it is so kind of a out. weird way that he says it now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, like they said so many different ways. Like, you know, we get jostled awake and they're just, just like a serious question. Like, how many cups of sugar does it take to get to, get to the moon? How about this? that? Yeah, they, they chose a very unique, just sort of like, <laughs> I think, perfect, goofy delivery, just very earnest. <laughs> How many cups? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that I think about that, that's so interesting. Yeah. And so you were in there with him the whole time. Even oh, though, yeah. I don't, did you, did you have a line in that moment? No, he said, How many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon? And Max is something like, uh, 12? Oh, yeah. Like I had to, like, say, like, I think I remember trying being, like, you know, condescending, like, 12, Dad, or, you know, anything just to, keep him asleep or, or, but yeah, that was a, that was a memorable scene. Oh, that's right. That was when Max was uh, changing the map. I remember now being a rebel. Mm Yeah. uh, Kevin mentioned also that there was a ton of recording sessions as you're kind of saying, it took a lot of uh, takes to get some of these lines, right? You said over two years, do you have any reason maybe that you think that it took so many recording sessions that they have to cut a lot of scenes out or, or add things later? Yeah. Well, you know, I suck as an actor. So <laughs> That's not true. No, it's, uh, <laughs> when, when you're working on a, on a, on a animated feature film, that's just, that's just, <clears throat> that's just how they do it. it. It takes, it takes, uh, they really take their time um, because you're, you're, people are going to be scrutinizing this thing, hopefully not scrutinizing. Hopefully they're just, enveloped in the in the story and it's on a big screen remember we used to go to movie theaters uh barely it was on it was on a big screen so they you know and kevin lima is definitely a perfectionist um as as i'm sure any uh animation film director is and they they just took their time and and luckily they had the luxury to do it hmm. yeah yeah definitely but one we, of the best by yeah, just by that studio i'd say because of that like i think so too i think so too it's such a like you said it's a great story great father-son story and it's very unexpected for that that character and i don't think it would have worked with with any of the other characters i don't think it worked worked with mickey or donald you know like goofy was the perfect um character to explore that with yeah yeah they cover a lot of ground and by the end max and Goofy have a better understanding of each other and then movie ends and then the next movie starts and they hate each other again. So miscommunicate, <laughs> <laughs> there's misunderstanding. There is no hate. Yeah, you're right. Never hates his dad. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You also did a relatively notable lion in the Lion King <laughs> 2, Simba's yes. Pride, which, you know, some people my my age have probably seen. I had a pirated DVD of that um, that we watched every right. road trip uh, that our friend our friends in China had like mailed to us because they could get DVDs, I guess, for super cheap because they're pirated. And so we had this Lion King 2 Simba's Pride in our car just for whenever yeah. we took a road trip. 
Uh-huh. And I did not put pieces together that the voice of Max was also the voice of Kovu until mm-hmm. I was well into my teen years, probably. But uh, how often would you say that young women women tell you that Kovu was their first animated movie crush? Uh, well, uh, way often, and I love it every time. <laughs> He's got that that bad boy uh, Romeo from the Romeo and Juliet story. But uh, did you have any idea if that movie, like what that movie was going to be? I mean, it's not by any means a, a home run, but it's it's a fun sequel. That's when you were doing that. Did you have any idea what that was going to be like? I really didn't. I mean, uh, it, it, I mean. If you had asked me, they never should have made any of those sequels. They were all You're right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was it was DV, uh, straight no straight to VHS. That's what it was before yep. even DVD. And it was this cash cow that Disney had discovered that worked with uh, the sequel to Aladdin. And uh, I was nervous, I will say, because The Lion King was such a titan in the box office and such a great movie. And I was like, is this going to hold up? Um, I had seen some of the animation and some of these sequels and, and I was very concerned that that was going to be the case. It was animated beautifully at a, at a company in Australia. The story was told wonderfully. You're right. I don't think it's a home run either, but I, uh, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. Good. Yeah. I, I watched that, uh, a couple of weeks ago just cause I was like, you know what? I haven't seen this in many, many years and, uh, it, more fun than I expected as a, you know, mid twenties. I definitely didn't expect to have the fun still with that movie, but maybe it was nostalgia. I don't know. But, uh, another interesting little tidbit that I learned from your IMDb page mm. is, uh, so your, your role as Felix mm-hmm. Renton in Kim Possible. Yes. And your best man at your wedding, right? Will Friedel was Will voice. Friedel, of- yeah. Fridell, voice of uh, Ron Stoppable. And you guys, so you guys knew each other before this, correct? From Boy Meets World? Yeah, we had worked on, well, first I had done, let me tell you the Will Fridell story. Okay, let's hear it. So, so I had uh, uh, had an opportunity to, <coughs> to, excuse me, to audition for a show called Almost Home. And uh, the, the process is you audition, you get a call back, and then you go to network if they really like you. So they took me to network. It was me and Will Fridell to play this, the brother, older brother on the show, Almost Home. They flew him in from Connecticut because that's where he's from. I booked the job, sent his ass home in defeat. <laughs> Unfortunately, the show didn't get picked up. We only did a season, but the, the creator, Michael Jacobs, uh, was working on this other show called Boy Meets World. And he invited me to audition for the older brother. I auditioned, got the call back, went to network. It was a town between me and Will. And, uh, and then he sent my ass home in defeat. <laughs> 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 but that night, but that night after the the uh, the the network reading, uh, my friends took me to Universal Studios to cheer me up because I was a little bit bummed out. And as just by coincidence, as I'm walking uh, up the hill to the main entrance, who's walking towards me? But Fredell and his dad, who are staying at the hotel nearby, and uh, and Fredell will will uh, will say this is accurate. I turn to my friends, I point at him, I was like, "Hey, look." There's the prick that stole my job. And uh, we shook hands and we've been friends ever since. Then uh, the, Michael Jacobs actually wrote the part f- uh, for me to play his friend on the show. And that's, we really kind of gelled there. But then we, you know, we, I worked with him on Batman Beyond. Or we did a movie together. It seems like anytime 
that he's doing something or I'm doing something, people always bring him in to work off of, for us to work off of each other. Yeah, that's a, that's a funny story. Another great talent. And uh, Wes and I are both big fans of Kim Possible. That was, right. nice. that, was, that was right during our, our prime yeah, Disney Channel so. Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, his voice is probably one of the most crucial factors that made that show what it was. We're yes. unstoppable, I would say. Yes. So that's a cool connection there. I when I saw that on on IMDb, I was like, "No way, unstoppable!" So, but yeah, another another big role that you had that I think is maybe people don't realize or maybe people don't give the credit is Haku on Spirited Away, the dub. I mean, Academy Award winning uh, best animated feature from two thousand two, and there was other a lot of other big name voice actors. Susan Egan, David Ogden Steers, you know, some big names on that dub. So are you are you an anime fan or was that just a, another job? It's not that I'm not an anime fan. It's just not something that I gravitated towards growing up. I didn't have a lot of that presented to me. Sure. Uh, my early anime was like er, like early Voltron. That was oh, um, okay. introduction to anime um, and a little bit of Robotech. But other than that, I had never heard of Miyazaki-san and... It was just another audition. I went, did auditioned in my closet at home. So like, <laughs> like three months later, I didn't even get a call back. Three months later, like, hey, you booked this job. I completely forgot about it. And my agent explained, like, so this is a big deal. It's, uh, you know, uh, John Lasseter, you know, wants to pull these uh, these movies uh, and uh, and introduce them to an American audience. This movie has made gobs of money. It's bigger than Titanic in Japan. Mr. Miyazaki is like, the Disney of Japan. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was like, Oh shoot. Okay. And I, I did, I recorded it. I only saw when you, when you do a dub, you only just see your scenes. There's no real reason to show the entire thing. Sure. So I didn't see the entire movie until three months after I recorded it. And that's when I realized, Oh, Oh, this is, I get it now. I get it now. This is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely saying something like you, you can, you have the ability to say you voiced the lead, male in the biggest anime film ever released in the United States. I know that if you asked people in Japan, they might say, I don't know, some other Miyazaki's are, are bigger, but there's no doubt that Spirit Away is the anime that's biggest ever in the United States until maybe your name came out a few, few years ago. But well, uh, I appreciate saying that. I mean, like I, 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 I could definitely, I'm not, this is not false modesty, but I mean, like, that movie was a hit whether, you know, before I even came, became part of it, I just helped translate it, you know, to uh, English audiences, but, uh, but man, it feels good to be, to be in, in that cast. Yeah. Wes, I forget. Have you seen spirited away yet? I've been trying to get you to watch that for years now. I've seen parts. <laughs> ah. Just the parts with Haku, right? Of course. Of course. <laughs> I don't think, Perry, I don't think we lived together anymore when we, when you looked into that the first time. Oh, that would have helped. Was it okay? Maybe not. Yeah, I, I never had a cool friend that would introduce me to all the anime stuff. That's right. Usually, <laughs> I'm the one introducing Perry to anime. We, we go back and forth. It depends if it's movies or TV. <laughs> discovered it all on his own. Like he's been watching Naruto and uh, 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 um, Sword Art Online. Oh, okay. Uh, right. I'm watching this stuff with him. I'm kind of like living vicariously through him. <laughs> How old is your son? 10. 
Oh, perfect, that's awesome. Perfect age to start. I wish yeah. I had gotten into anime at 10. I didn't get into it until like 21, honestly. Right. So good, good age. If, has he, has he gotten into Avatar The Last Airbender yet? Well, that's not yeah, we both started watching that. I'd never seen it. We just did it since, you know, Netflix. I'm like, well, let's check it out. Like I've, I've so many friends are on it. Um, and it completely blows me away. It reminds me of watching like old Voltron. It has the same mm. kind of feel. Yeah. Good, good action. Yeah. Speaking of great voice actors in that, Mark Hamill and Tom Clancy's in it. And yeah, some some great names. Dante Bosco, who just showed up on one of your Mars Variety shows recently. Yeah, my buddy Dante. Yes, yes. <laughs> so big fan of Dante Bosco. Big His voice Dante is Bosco, guys. Same, incredible. Same. So you, you've done so, so, so many voices for outside of these bigger roles you've done lots of smaller roles for i I just recently was watching the legend of Korra and heard uh a spirit talking i was like wait a second is that yes that was me stinky (laughs) at the end of none of your business valley (laughs) (laughs) and so it just happens all the time that you you're playing a role in in a show that I had no idea you were in but but yeah you're on young justice which has come back for another season that's true that's factual. <laughs> and so many others. So do you ever forget about a show you might have like recorded a role in and yeah. then hear, and then hear yourself on TV and we're like, wait, did I do that? Um, not so much that, but I've, I've forgotten about things that people bring up. Like just the other day, I, I got a message. I, I promised people, if you send me a, 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 a proof that you voted, I'll, I'll send you a message in your DMs with a character of your choice. And this kid's like, I voted here. Send me this character from Baldur's Gate. I'm like, I didn't work on Baldur's Gate. Did I work on Baldur's Gate? Uh, the, there was a, a video game, Fallout New Vegas, okay. that, uh, that there's a character that people love and they talk they talk to me about him all the time. And I completely forgot about it because that gig was just 30 minutes of my day. I was offered the role. I came in. I did it. I left. Um, and I just completely forgot about it. And I don't play video games. So I, I wasn't hip to the, all the thing. But like, man, you're Boone. Man, you're like, you're my favorite companion. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but thank you. I finally <laughs> had to like go on YouTube and research and, and, and find myself so I could please these fans and, 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 and acknowledge that I recognize what they're talking about. <laughs> Did you ever see your voice in that character before that? Uh, I no, no, I, I, after, I, like I said, I had to go to YouTube and find. Yeah. And, That's crazy. Uh, yeah. uh, what are some, some of those roles, those maybe lesser known roles that you're particularly proud of or you have particularly like fond memories of? Oh, man, I worked on a show called Erie, Indiana. Have you ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. I have, actually. Yeah. Wasn't um, Sean uh, Murray also on that show? No, uh, but no. Omri Katz was. Omri oh, Katz. that's the one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, for your listeners who don't maybe don't know what we're talking about, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. It's like... It's like a kid's twilight zone, even though it wasn't really made for kids. It was kind of made for most ages, I suppose. But I, uh, they brought me into the second season to play this character called dash X. And he's sort of like a foil to, to the main characters. And uh, I just had a blast doing that. It was like making little, little twilight zone movies every week. And I worked with some fantastic actors and fantastic crew. And that's how I first met Omri and, uh, and I, 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 if I, if there's any role that I could like do again, if there's any reboot that would, ha- I would love to happen, it would be that. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I'll have to check that out again. Uh, I'm, you know, we're being from Indiana, hearing about that show. I was like, okay, maybe give us a little bit of a, a look, see. But uh, that's neat. Yeah, Wes, have you have you watched any of that show? I know it exists, but I have not seen any of it. Amazon Prime, man. Barry, maybe we can watch it together. So I see that Wes doesn't do research before you do interviews. Is that that's pretty much how it works? It's it's harder to get you know <laughs> to get on his schedule. Like I just want the milkshake question. That's all I want. That's all. <laughs> that's a personal vendetta. I have to get it in there every time. Yeah, I keep. T- I've been telling him to 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 subscribe to your variety show too to check that out because it's a lot of fun. But I don't think he's gotten into it yet. Not to throw you under the bus, Wes. Listen, YouTube is hard for me, but I will commit. If <laughs> At least the, hit the hit the subscribe button, and you don't even have to watch it. You can just hit the subscribe and like, and uh, that helps. It helps the independent artist. Right. I will. I will do that tonight. Thanks, bud. <laughs> So, yeah, speaking of that, we can just go right into that. Uh, you started the Mars Variety Show on YouTube yep. during yes. quarantine of this year, correct? Or did, had you already been working on that before that? I was doing it live and I was kind of nurturing it as like a TV entity. I wanted, you know, I wanted a network to pick it up and, and produce it properly. But since COVID happened, it just seemed like the smartest choice. Mm-hmm. I figured people would be more forgiving if, if we're all doing our stuff on our phones than in a soundstage, you know? Sure, sure. I've seen most of them at this point, not all of them, Why not? but it's got this real old fashioned, like local cable television feel that I love Yeah, man. Yeah, dig it. with you, like, you know, hosting some little skits or, or gags that are going on in between, in between giving uh, smaller musicians and creators a chance to get a little bit of exposure. Yeah, man. And then of course, uh, I think the first episode I watched was the one with Dante Bosco. And at that point I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm enjoying this a lot. <laughs> so that was, I had to, you know, you have to pull in the, the celebrities to get people to watch. So that was like my tactic that I'll ask him to do. Cause I'm not, I don't think a lot of people know that he's like an extremely gifted spoken word artist, spoken word poet. And I, and I like to showcase that on the show. And I was like, if I get Dante to do it, maybe I can get more people to, uh, to, to submit their own poems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was definitely sick he had a great the spoken word was great and just like being on top of a mountain and the all that was really fun um i know at the end, i told him i was like i the only thing i was expecting at the end was to you to take off on a jet pack that's the only thing I was <laughs> just jump off and and like, a fantastic poem and then he turns away and he stands on the edge i'm like is he gonna jump this <laughs> is gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> you could have just edited fire out of his out of his hands and feet and just shot off like Zuko. Rufio, <laughs> that's yeah, Rufio from Hook. Uh, that's a callback right there. Um, so what what was the big inspiration behind the Passion Project that is the Mars Variety Show, and where do you hope uh, that you can you can take this show? Well, the inspiration was when I first visited Tennessee, man, and I, uh, I, I thought it was just country music, but I discovered very quickly that it was not just country music. There's all sorts of musical artists here. There's punk. There's hip hop. There's there's uh, there's metal. There's R and B. There's jazz, and not just different facets of music, but the performers here are ridiculous. Like I, I like I used to live in Hollywood. And, you know, we had our fair share of performers and bands, but I always felt like they were always like, hey, look at me. Look at how talented I am, as opposed to the performers here in Nashville who are pouring their guts out on stage, sometimes for like six people or people on their phones. And it would stagger me because I would I would recognize like lightning in a bottle. 
I was recognizing the talent that people should be paying attention to. So I was going to turn 40 years old and I decided for my 40th birthday, I was going to throw myself a variety show. I'd been obsessed with the classic variety shows, the sixties and seventies, like laughing, hee haw, Dean Martin show. And I'm like, I'll cast myself as the Dean Martin. I'll invite my musician friends, my comedian friends, my artist friends, uh, circus friends, there's circus uh, performers here as well. And I'll do, I'll call it a relentless night of entertainment. And, and I won't give people a chance to look at their phones. If there's something happening on stage, that's done. Lights out stage, lights up at the bar. And there's a skit at the bar. That's done. Lights out bar, lights up in the middle of the room. And I'm in the room doing something funny with the audience. And people loved it. So I kept doing them live. And, uh, and, I, and I thought like, you know, my background's TV. I should try to sell this as a TV show. <clears throat> no one's really, you know, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. People are trying to do variety shows, but I think they're doing it all wrong. Um, you know, kind of going nowhere with that. But then COVID hit, doing the show here. It's picking up momentum. And I would definitely love – I'm either going to keep doing it on YouTube, um, uh, but I would love – you know, I'm doing it all myself. <laughs> I would love help. I would love <laughs> somebody listening, anybody, uh, <laughs> uh, a production to recognize uh, the merit of what we're trying to do because uh, it's not expensive. Uh, we just need people who believe in it to keep this going. I, but I think it's a great platform to showcase – uh, independent artists, people who really deserve to be seen more than just in the, the, you know, the dive bars and the places, you know, the airports where they're performing for free, you know, it boggles my mind, you know, and I feel like curate a good show. Uh, I definitely, my ego <laughs> enjoys being on camera. <laughs> so, uh, this is something I'm going to see through to the end. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, a, a show that I think could, could benefit <laughs> like hugely from just a little bit of, you know, production dollars. And then, you know, it's, it's there. Most of it's already there. Totally. And sound guy. I really need a good sound guy. <laughs> sound guys out there. If you're listening, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you got to, you work for t-shirt. <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> they are cool t-shirts, but uh, I'm curious. Uh, you landed a sponsorship. Were you, were you looking for sponsorships for this season of Mars Variety Show? Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, this was just happenstance. I mean, like, uh, I'm in Tennessee. I would love, I would love to have been a a local sponsor and it wasn't for lack of trying, uh, for sure. Uh, but this company in New Jersey, Niche Import Company sent me a message on Instagram because of Hocus Pocus. Mm. And they said they have this, uh, they have this, this chocolate pumpkin spice liqueur shaped the bottle shaped like a pumpkin and, and we send you some, will you take a picture of it? Cause you're in Hocus Pocus Halloween. I'm like, absolutely. And by the way, <laughs> I have this show I'm doing and I sent them a link. I'd already done the first season. I sent them a, a sponsorship deck and they were instantly like, yes. Wow. We have this other, we have this other brand, this little fig liqueur called Kleiner Feigling. And, and will you, will you, would you use that and maybe use the, the Mozart for your Halloween episode? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. They, and I'll tell you, they've been great. They gave me complete carte blanche because I know I've worked with, with products before. Like clients can be like, you know, you can't hold it like this and don't say anything disparaging, but they're, they love everything I'm doing. And uh, it's, it's actually been a lot of fun and it, it, it ups the production value of the show a bit. They've given me a little bit of dough. I can pay some people. Uh, hopefully you've noticed the difference in, in things. Uh, and then we also have Dead Sled Coffee, another New Jersey <laughs> company. New Jersey. Uh, 
New Jersey. This this but but they're fun. It's all like like uh uh spooky Halloween uh monster themed coffees and they also support uh independent music. Like some of their coffees are are based mm-hmm. off of local bands and stuff. So I'm proud to, to support that. That's sweet. I, yeah. I loved the gag you did with the the liqueur um of the like games you can play with yes. the bot. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was cracking me up. Those are all true. They sent me a list of like this is what they do in Germany, I guess, but there's a list of game because the bottles are like the size of a thimble. There's like and they come in a pack of ten and you pull them out like Pez. That's so much fun. The bottles are so tiny and they play games with them on, on like they you tap them on the on the on the table and you do the shots without without hands. You can stack them like Jenga. I'm like, oh, I'll do a little skit like that. That'll be fun. <laughs> I, I, that's crazy that they sent you that. I thought I would have just as easily believed that you came up with all that. And yeah, I was dying laughing. That was good stuff. Right? <laughs> the stuff at the end when I'm playing spin the bottle with it. And <laughs> yes. Figures. That was, that was me. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we let you go, are there any other projects you're currently working on that we should be on the lookout for? Maybe anything? I don't know. There's probably a lot you, you can't really divulge into. I know that's so frustrating. I did a couple of video games. Uh, I cannot talk about them, unfortunately. Um, um, yes, there is more Young Justice happening. Um, uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty strict about information, but I think everyone knows that that you know my character's in it, um, and uh, and I'm doing more Mars Variety Show. I'm going to finish up this week. Our big Halloween episode will will premiere on the 26th, and then I'm going to take a break. But I am gonna. I am in the works of doing like a Christmas special. Ooh. Ooh. That'll that'll happen obviously sometime in December. Fun. Do, nice. do you find but, that now that everybody's working from home, do you do you find that it's been more difficult to for people in general to uh, in the voice acting industry to land jobs, or or is it easier now that it seems like more and more studios are capable of you know bringing in those remote voice talents? Um, you know, I, from what I understand, my peers are still working like nothing's changed. It's helped me considerably because, uh, I mean, uh, it's no secret. I have lost work moving to Nashville. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, even though it's voiceover, there's a lot of work that demanded that I be in Los Angeles to do even like, I'm like, it's voiceover. And I made the choice to not do that. I just did not, I moved to Nashville for a reason. I don't like going back to Los Angeles, but now I can work like I'm a local. So I, I have my setup in my, in my house here. And uh, so it's actually put me back in the game a little bit. I hope that more opportunities come of that. Very cool. Yeah. I hope yeah, so too. I hope so too. I've got a cousin who's in animation and he lives in Indiana, works remotely and he's hoping that this, uh, everything that's happened in the past, you know, six months, eight months, year will enable more and more studios to hire people that, don't want to live out there in in LA um, for animation. So I know it's a, a similar ball game for voice acting, but yeah. And we can still do group sessions. You know, it's possible to do that. Um, uh, I know a lot of productions were a little gun shy because, you know, the home setups weren't fantastic at first and people had, they had to do re records and stuff, but I mean, I have painstakingly <laughs> dotted the I's and crossed the T's because I'm not a tech guy. But uh, but uh, my setup is all is all raring to go. Great, great, great. Yeah. And I cool the conversation. Hey, look. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, Wes, you have anything else before we let him go? 
Oh, I have one quick question. Yes. It's going to be very vague. <laughs> what was it like on Full House? That was my favorite show as a kid. It's not vague. That's that's pretty direct. It was great. It was a good time. Everyone uh, welcomed me like I was part of the cast. Uh, every time like they'd go out for dinner, Bob Saget always made a point to like check in on me and invite me. Oh. Uh, I, I mean, they were lovely human beings. I had a great, great time working on that show. Amazing. We have a friend that looks quite a lot like John Stamos. So yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah. Right on. <laughs> Do you know that he is a big Disney collector? Did you know that? No Stamos way. is? Stamos has – so at Disneyland in Anaheim, there used to be this giant sign as you pull in off of Harbor Boulevard. It says Disneyland on it. Well, they got rid of that sometime in the early 90s. And you know who bought it? John Stamos. He's got it in his yard. He's, oh, he owns pieces of Disneyland. In his yard? That's incredible. In his, in, on his property, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I own one of the haunted mansion paintings, like actually used in oh. the mansion, and he knows that I have one of those, and I know he wants it, but he can't have it. Really, from Anaheim or from Orlando? You know, I do not have any documentation to prove which park it was from. Um, I'm assuming because I got it in Anaheim that it was from Anaheim, but it was it's it's definitely used in the ride. It's uh, it's oil on canvas, which means it was probably from the 70s or 80s. And uh, yeah, it's mine. I have it. That's sweet. So if Stamos happens to be listening, it's not for sale. That's right. <laughs> Stop calling me. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll you for you know the Beach Boys catalog if you can help me out with that. Oh. <laughs> Beach Boys catalog is worth so much. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Good luck with that. Hey, I, I hear Stamos is into into knitting now, though. So from the, all those commercials that I'm seeing. <laughs> Really? <laughs> have I, you seen that commercial that he's in with the Yeah, I have. The, he's knitting a, a a sweater for someone and he's like no. Is your hair always the soft softer? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. I haven't I, I have like Hulu is the only place that shows commercials for me. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, man. Well, it was great to have you on. We're not gonna take any more of your time. Thanks so much. Appreciate yeah, you guys. You. Thank you. And I'm sorry I was late. Oh, no worries. Maybe maybe no. could you uh, give our, our listeners a, a Max Goof salutation? Absolutely. Hey, all you guys are yucking amazing. Thanks for listening to this is the banter. I hardly know her. That's that right. Is? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mars. Keep up the great work on the Variety Show. And until next time, stay hungry. Stay humble. And stay hydrated.